Welcome to today's edition of the Rutten Brothers with Father John Rutten of St. Lambert's Parish in Sioux Falls, Father Paul Rutten of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, and Joe Rutten, Director of Faith Formation at St. Joseph's Cathedral in Sioux Falls on the Lamb Catholic Radio Network, 104.3, 91.3, and 88.9 FM, and online at lambradio.com. The Rutten Brothers show is being brought to you in part by Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. If you have questions for the Rettens, call 605-275-4659 or email info at lamradio.com. Now here's your host, Joe Rutten. Good morning, Lamb listeners. What? <laughs> that's, that's awfully... Uh... Uninspired? <laughs> On Joe Rutten. Uh, yeah, well, uh, uh, so I'm not, a little under the weather this morning, so I hope... Uh, uh, a nasally sick voice doesn't... Uh, My prayers were answered. <laughs> <laughs> we finally got him calmed down. <laughs> the, the Lord doeth the work. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, good morning, brothers. We're here with Rutten Radio, uh, coming at you live from Lamb Catholic Radio Studios in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And this is Rutten Radio on Seize the Day. We're excited to have everybody out there listening again today, and... Uh, Suppose we could just get things kicked off. How we doing, brothers? Doing, <laughs> doing great. well. John's yeah. over here doing his his, doing some his photo update. He's got a text out and Facebook yeah. update. So if you're out there, uh, you can listen on uh, Lamb Radio. You can get the Lamb Radio app for your uh, your iPhones, or you can get um, iPads, whatever it might be. You can listen to us on uh, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook <laughs> and a whole host. Of other places, but just go to the Lamb Catholic uh, Radio website, and you can dial that in. So, what do we got going on this morning, brothers? Well, I you are today sitting with a certified sandwich artist. Sandwich nice. artist? Yes. <laughs> well, I, I knew you. I suppose. People, I knew all those years at Subway really paid off. Yeah, you guys didn't know you were in the presence of such greatness. <laughs> I am a certified sandwich artist. I know that onions go first, lettuce on top, tomatoes, pickles, olives, hot peppers. Oh, nice. <laughs> no, I am certified in spiritual direction. Hey, praise <laughs> which, God. Which Uh-oh. basically Lord means now mercy. I can legally do what I've been sure. doing for two years. <laughs> well, I think that might surprise people because I do sometimes think people just presume that if you're a priest, you're a spiritual director. True, yeah. So that, that idea. Well, congratulations. Welcome to the yeah. club. Thank I you. Too, oh, you I are too. I am a certified spiritual director. Hey, I want uh, in. Spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what does it take to become a certified yeah, spiritual yeah, director? Yeah, do yeah. you have? Yeah. Do I have what it takes? I don't, I don't know. Do I need a collar? No. Um, do I need money? Yes. Yep. Do I need time? Yep. I don't have either. <laughs> because you have a wife and two children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and All right, I guess I'll uh, check, check off uh, spiritual direction. That won't be on my... Yeah. Yeah, so I just got uh, complete with my three-year well, program. Tell us a little bit about it. What is it? Yeah, the Institute of Priestly Formation is something started boy, almost 25 years ago now and has had the mission of introducing priests and seminarians to uh, the heart of the Blessed Trinity and the Blessed Mother. Uh, and one of the things that have come from that is a program to train in spiritual direction, which would seem... Kind of like, yes, you should do it. And then it would seem like, well, why do you need to be trained Train. in that? But the more you're there, you realize uh, 
it does take an art in a sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Most of it is, how do I not work hard? Oh. Basically, I went for three years to learn, stop trying to do what only God can do. Right. Listen. Listen to the person across from you. Pray while they're speaking what's in their heart. Uh, so it was really, it was really helpful. And then that's got to be hard for her. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to not tell yeah. somebody what to do. <laughs> yeah. And even at the last class, I'm like, oh, I'm still so far. <laughs> so today, I'm like, you really want to give me this application? You really want to tell me I'm certified? Yeah. Uh, but in, there was a lot of consolation also in that before I ever went down this road. I was uh, out to dinner, actually with Bishop Cousins, who was a priest, my formator at the time in the seminary, and he was saying, you know, you should really go into spiritual direction, or I would encourage you to open that up, possibility with the bishop, and um, I'm like, really? He's like, uh, yeah, really? <laughs> and was surprised. And then I'm talking to my friends about it. I'm like, you know, I just, I don't know, really? And one of my friends finally says, John, what do you do all day long when you're talking to the seminarians. And it just hit me. It's like, oh, I'm already doing it. <laughs> you know, I'm already living yeah. in such a way in which other men are looking what God's doing in their life. Uh, and so that helped me know, okay, there's something already given that God has done. I can follow this and see what happens. But as I followed, I've realized, oh, like I have a soul in front of yeah. me that's actually listening to me. Right. That's actually like looking for some guidance. Actually, they're not supposed to be listening to you. You're supposed <laughs> yeah. to be listening to them. <laughs> See, you're already on your way. Hey, that's my coffee, you can do by it the way. Too. Oh, I'm you don't sick. want to drink that. You do oh, not. Want to drink that. Did I already drink it? No, no, no you didn't. Oh. <laughs> okay. okay, that's enough. That's IPF. Yep. Congratulations, congratulations, Father John. Well, I'm not done with IPF. This is good. so the business fraternity that I'm the executive director of. We talk about trying to get spiritual direction, and we can't. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, no, it's impossible. Can't. And so, you know, we think, hey, this is important. If we got an executive committee of business leaders that, you know, they should have spiritual direction. How, what, what do you think the answer is to that? Do you know? Well, there's a couple answers. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I really believe something slightly different is being asked for. And it's a combination of um, the practice of spiritual friendship. It's, and along with... Um, a, a slightly different teaching in how to spiritually listen to another person. Because what I find most helpful is there are a few principles like when somebody else speaks, they aren't looking for an answer. If everyone understood that, relationships between parents and children would change. Uh, if um, when someone is speaking, don't immediately talk after them and, and don't... Um, like crosstalk. You're saying that, and then all of a sudden I'm saying this. Listen. Okay. So that alone could like revolutionize friendships in that two friends could really help each other discern where God is at work. Now, if you're in a major position, if you're over a lot of people, you need a serious spiritual director who can help you. But I think what most people are looking for is discernment that can come w- among friends. Yeah, yeah and we, uh, there is a program uh, in Kansas uh, that trains uh, spiritual mentors is what they're called. So we, we're, we're blessed at Immaculate Conception. Uh, so I have a spiritual mentor, uh, Kathleen Deutsch, who is trained uh, officially. And then Sister Joan Marie, uh, is mm-hmm. she, she calls herself a spiritual accompanist. 
Uh, and so it, it's been really beneficial for me because when I can sort of discern that and I can say what this person really is looking for is somebody to walk with, uh, then I can, they can be helped by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really has lessened my load of people who really need, want, desire a deep spiritual direction. And, and I think we, we need to figure out how to train and discern more people who can do that. Because the last three popes keep telling everybody, oh, you need a spiritual director. You yeah. need a spirit. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's you know, it. Francis, next time you say that, you want to send some our way before you tell everybody? And everybody keeps talking about right. it, and then they start knocking on your door and yeah. say, well, I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think you're right, Father John, that you could alleviate a lot of it if, if you knew how to walk with someone spiritually. And there is, it is beginning. Yeah. It is beginning. And so, I th- you know, this is an interesting thing. I think... We can be afraid of problems or needs or things. And if we just stand before those and just pray that God would answer them, it takes a lot longer. But I think the, the problem is so vast, so many people know. At the end of the program that I was in for three years, this priest who was a part of directing it stood up, and he gave these five pointers on spiritual listening. And he goes into parishes, and he preaches about this and helps people kind of grow in their understanding of what he's trying to talk about. You could do like a 10 class course, like your summer course. You did the spiritualities, Joe. You did. Well, I you think could that do a priest should do everything. Oh, that would be great. Why don't you do it? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, Vatican II said the lady is supposed to do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that is maybe where I'm going is yeah. that, you know, it's a resp- the la- there has to be a leavening or a response amongst the laity, but that has to, there has to be structures of formation and support um, provided or blessed by the clerical sure. authorities, yeah. well, by the bishop or by well, the and this would be the, Because the, you guys know yeah. what you're up to, right? You don't want us just going, you don't, right. this no, no, is no, no, not no, no, to no, be taken light. Somebody putting up a sign saying, I'm a spiritual mentor. Yep, let me. Um, <laughs> you know, this is, a, this is something that you want to make sure that yeah. uh, you, have, you have hand. But anyway, I think it's great. Congratulations, John. Um, I would imagine that, if anything, you struggled to learn to say no to people that uh, seek spiritual direction yeah. as no. much as I have to put anything. a number on it and just say, I've got this many slots, and when they're full, they're full. And until one opens, because you don't realize it, but you do almost a day, you know, <laughs> easily of spiritual yeah. direction a month. Uh, yeah. And so you're like, can I afford that? Yeah, and the problem is, is it's not all in one day. Yeah, so, you got it mixed up in your weeks. So I've just finally said, this is how many hours I can devote to this, uh, and and I limit it, and then I and I trust that God will provide. You know, when people come and go, you know, people move. Yeah. Uh, but then again, technology, uh, <laughs> I do it over Skype. Uh, yeah. You know, because you already have this relationship, uh, and so you can keep walking with that person or whatever. Uh, so I do think with that technology, even you think about that, and the ability for the lady to find somebody mm-hmm. can even be done via technology, you know, cause they just need somebody who can walk with them. And, and if it, if it's somebody living somewhere else then they can pull up their computer and they can sit and talk. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sioux Falls is kind of a rock star diocese. Sometimes we don't pat ourselves on the back, but you know, we, you guys know how respected the diocese is amongst other leaders of the church. Who knows? Maybe something comes out of Sioux Falls where it is a spiritual mentorship program. Sure that is piloted or something where and there, is, like said, there is one down in i believe it's kansas is where yeah. she went um but it's a, a big commitment same thing as yeah exactly. IPF. You're i mean flying it's, out yeah. once a it's month. the same thing in that sense of the time frame 
Uh, so you've got to be committed, and not everybody can take a week off. For it sounds great up front until you get the practicality of yeah, it is is uh, and this and this is the it's whole like thing. exercise <laughs> for me. It sounds great, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yep. Just and the, the details. And if it yeah, if it didn't um, take my life, then it would be different. If there was a yeah. way to just like publish, yeah, you almost have to be single, or or have no, kids out no, of the house. No, you can't. Could no. you do it with well, little ones? I think I mean, the question did, is, did you is not God get, calling you? Yeah, it's, yeah, and if God wants, I mean, look at all the religious communities. They all exist because God said, oh, look, there's a need. Well, uh, let me round up, well, you know. Well, we got a need, so let's uh, start praying. Yeah, <laughs> amen. So, oh, and I would say in the big picture, though, the the diocese is already responding to this need because this is what Broomtree exists for. Yeah, right. It's a beginning of helping people walk in this journey yeah. is to take silent retreats, to get away. And so that's ultimately why the bishop has supported this formation and has sent us to yeah. do this is because in November, I'll be directing a men's silent retreat. And then in November? there in November, yep, the middle of November at Broomtree, you can. It'd well, be great to have you. And you have the silent and, and your, to talk. Oh, no. You and know your leadership. Last. You yep. know the last silent retreat I was on, I got chastised by the spiritual director. You for did, Dawkins? yes. yes. <laughs> so we won't even. We right. won't even if you're out there listening and you uh, you know uh, Ray Cinco or Doug Bashy, teachers at O'Gorman, well Ray's retired. Um, so they'd go on at O'Gorman. You get one spiritual day a year. Yep. You know to encourage you to you know go take care of your spirit. So we go on a silent retreat. Take Friday off. Head down to Broom Tree, and we get down there. And I don't know if it was the first night or the second morning, um, but <laughs> they they kept they were first chastised. We were first chastised for talking, and so then the 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 two hooligans thought it'd be fun to kind of start doing a little sign language. Well, the priest didn't take that very well either. <laughs> so I thought, here we are, the three O'Gorman teachers and me, the theology teacher, in the middle of this men's silent retreat, being chastised. Uh, so that's the last retreat I've been on. It's probably about time I get down yeah, there yeah. for another one. Uh, but I know that Broomtree always encourages, uh, particularly the men's retreats. The women, I think, they get lined up at the door. Yeah. Uh, and they stack them up. But the guys, it's a little harder for us to yeah. get the fellows down there to do a little spiritual inventory. Yeah. But maybe so we'll see if November we November 16th some people to up. the 19th. And, uh, and I just, w I think you are right that the diocese is blessed in many ways. One of the things I discovered in being at this is there's 75 priests from all over the country we're really blessed <laughs> yeah we're really blessed like th these men's lives are being transformed and they're 55 years old yeah and 60 years old these are things they've never experienced in their life before who's this uh, the, the other priests the other, oh, other uh, place. Uh, yeah. uh, gotcha yeah, and yeah, yeah. what you realize is the church moves and it moves, God answers the needs of the people at the time, and there's a need for priests to be formed in this. And so it's been going on for 25 years, but God's work is usually like trickles, and then it grows mm -hmm. and grows and grows. And so in our diocese, we were a part of the beginning of IPF 20-some right. yeah. years ago, yeah. and we have priests, I mean, from Joe Vogel, Father Vogel, who's, you know, maybe almost getting close to retirement, Father Mark Lichter, close to retirement, like all the way down. And even if all the priests haven't been through this formation. The fact you have friends that have been through it helps you learn to think a little different, pray a little different, live a little different. And then and the number of seminarians. I mean, almost every seminarian yeah, has gone it. through their summer program. I mean, so, yeah, we definitely are building a foundation. I did IPF, uh, and I got the, uh, the infamous... Uh, Monsignor John Essef. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, my yes. Spirit. I had to go on an eight-day silent retreat with him as my guy. Oh, my God. Goodness, he kind of looks at you like this, like Padre Pio, right? <laughs> you know, kind of, 
Uh, God love Monsignor Essef, though. Uh, yeah, so, and John Horn, Father Horn, yep. I had him for the, the remainder. But I was just, I'm a lay guy now, and having tra- been trained, not in the full program, mm-hmm. but in an IPF summer 10-week course, boy, it's unbelievably beneficial. I can always look back and say I did an eight-day silent retreat. Yep. And to know that that's a gift that I was given that, you know what, I might never get again, at least anytime right. soon. When can mm-hmm. you take eight days away from your vocation to your 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 wife and, and family so uh that but there's a lot of seminarians that have done it that didn't go on to be priests that still yeah. benefited from yeah. the principles oh absolutely and and really to take seriously god gives us in our circumstances what we need and that's why there's three-day retreats at broom tree because right. yeah. the church is answering the need of lay people not priests and even days of recollection one day even recollection yeah. you know yeah. i mean all right flood broom broom tree everybody if you're out there saying <laughs> yeah. yeah i want a well, spiritual director the other thing though would be is, is somebody could even gift a retreat to someone mm. yeah you That's know what i mean idea. i mean so to say to somebody here's what i want for your birthday i'm giving you a retreat go and and you know and then you say okay and we'll figure out babysitting your kids or you know yeah. all those things like that idea mm-hmm. of we'll do so much for people and so many That's a earthly idea. things and then it comes to a spiritual thing, and we're like, well, I don't, that's kind of a weird gift to give someone. No, no, it's not weird at all. It's like the best gift you could give yeah. them is go, please, take it. Uh, it's so important to me that you are in touch with where God's at in your life, that I want you to do this. <laughs> it happened. I can't believe you're even saying this. Just yesterday, I have an email. We have a parishioner, an anonymous person, donated a couple thousand dollars and said there are people in our parish who can't afford to go out to broom tree now broom tree is free you pay what you can pay but there's a sense some people want to be able to offer something that they can't offer say what does this thing cost yeah and so they, <laughs> yeah. they they can't pay the full cost and they want to, but they don't go so somebody donated a few thousand dollars wow. and then the people that came so we have like seven people i think that are going on retreat out there to broom tree now sponsored by somebody in the parish who just said, I've been out there, this has changed my life, and I know there are young families who, you know, they just are thinking, I'll do it in the five years when I can pay the full amount. Nope, you pay the full amount right now, your spouse will watch the children, and you'll go out and go deep with Jesus, because then you'll go back and give your spouse and your children Jesus. Yeah, Uh, great, great there we go. Wonderful. Amen. Well, I suppose that uh, we've been at this for a little bit. It might be time to take a little uh, little break here, brothers, for the morning and uh, get geared back up as we come back here. So you're listening to Rutten Radio Live at Lamb Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls, and we'll be right back. Howdy, partner. I'm inviting you into the Pizza Ranch on 41st. They got my brand of great food and fun in the fun zone. Pizza Ranch offers their buffet and play combo. Great food, great fun in the arcade, and your kids are always safe when they play. The Pizza Ranch has daily specials every day because we know you want a great value. Let the Pizza Ranch will make sure you get it. So mosey on into the 41st Street Pizza Ranch, or you can walk if you don't know how to mosey, but come for the fun, the friends, the food. For goodness sake, fill her up at the Pizza Ranch on 41st Street. See you here. Love Catholic Radio? Join us in bringing the truth of Jesus Christ to Eastern South Dakota by donating today at lamradio.com. At Mount Marty College, we believe in a college journey filled with purpose. We believe in developing the unique gifts that God gave you. We believe in rising above stereotypes, in shattering expectations and fears on your journey to become your very best self. We believe every student deserves an opportunity to shine. 
At Mount Marty, we believe in faith and a community that lifts you higher than you dare to dream. At Mount Marty College, we believe. Hello, I'm Monsignor Charles Mangan. It's such a joy to be able to invite you to listen to Morning Star, a program here on the Lamb Catholic Radio Network. Please tune in Thursday afternoon at 2.30, Sunday afternoon at 3, and Tuesday evening at 8.30. We'd be so happy if you listen, pray for us, and offer any questions that you might have for us. May God bless you and Mary keep you and St. Joseph protect you.
And now back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. Welcome back to Lamb Radio and uh, the Rutten Brothers as we get rolling on this Wednesday morning here in February. It's a nice day out there uh, last couple of days, hasn't it been? Yeah, beautiful. The, uh, I saw Florida. a couple running this morning. That just re- once again reminded me, like, God, how lazy am I? <laughs> uh, but uh, mm. it was a couple running, and I thought, oh, man. <laughs> I don't know if my, my wife maybe could get up, but I don't know if I could. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome back this morning. We probably got people getting ready for school and getting ready for work here at home. And just want to give you a little shout out and let you know you can connect with us and send us any questions you might have or any comments or things of that nature. You can watch us on the live stream and check that out at the uh, Lamb Catholic Radio website. We're also on the radio. We're on Facebook, Twitter, so on and so forth. Hit us up. And we'll give you a few shout-outs. So, I don't know. anybody. You think there's anybody actually out there listening? <laughs> I, always, I still wonder. <laughs> I, I, I still I wonder. We haven't heard from Megan yet. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the relatives finally cooled off. <laughs> like, oh, they're this every month. Oh, oh man. man. We're done. Wow, well, it was kind of funny the first time. Yeah. Um, I, it, the, uh, sometimes I don't know if they put a like on Facebook, if that means they're listening. I mean, or if they're watching Facebook, <laughs> you know, and they just like our beautiful faces. That's what it is. They just yeah. <laughs> love to see the trio. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's been going on in, in your guys' parishes or in your lives. Uh, you guys kind of got any stories or encounters or things that might kind of hit hit a note that you'd want to share? Uh, it's just busy. Catholic Schools Week went well. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it, it's always good to be able to kind of focus on that in a way that's a little unique for the week. And uh, and I do have to say, you know, again, probably a shout-out to Katie Miller, uh, a hit on the T-shirts. Uh, mm-hmm. They decided to not follow the T-shirt of the national whatever organization, and they did Praise their own. Jesus. Uh, yeah. And everyone's like, man, I want one of those. And, I know. It, and it was an image of our, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and it said, teach peace, and it's just a great t-shirt. Yeah. And so, uh, it was kind of nice. To, like Everyone's like, oh, can I get one of those? Yeah. Uh, so, it was good. Sometimes when the national or even the, the global church does things, you're, you feel like you're stuck with their product. <laughs> you know, like, maybe well, I don't want but, but the beauty is, our church teaches the principle of subsidiarity, and and that Amen, the local brother. person should have that ability to say, we can do this. And this is the other reality. It's like, we can do this. And you, you can make a T-shirt. It doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to, to make a T-shirt, per se. Uh, so Catholic Schools Week went well. Um, and we we plugging along. Yeah. Uh, How many kids Lyman you got in your school up there? About 224 kids. Gotcha. John, how many so, you got in yours? Uh, 170, somewhere 70, around that. Yeah. That's... Uh, that's uh, pre-K through sixth grade, and then we go up into the to the junior, junior high, high at O'Gorman and, and then the high school, school. yeah. Yep. So we're yeah, and now it's open registration, so now yeah, it's kind today. of the, the time oh, where really? people are trying to yep. discern is this where our kids are going to go, and so we're trying to plan, and it, it's, it can be kind of a stressful time. Uh, you know, for us, it's our own system, so it's a holy name and Immaculate Conception, uh, so it's a little more hands-on. Uh, Sioux Falls Catholic School System you know, yeah. is a big, they still have to look at that, but. Yeah, and so the new, those that are already in the system registered today. Gotcha. And then, I think it's a week, then the new registrants. And I think and you guys, it's interesting that you talk about subsidiarity, because then here we are, we're going up, 
in a system yep. in a sense. And so that's the, the beautiful thing about subsidiarity is then you look at the fruit of what you're doing and what you're living and is this helpful to us? Is this beneficial? Are we able to do something? And so as a system in Sioux Falls, we're able to do things yep. and alleviate costs that every local building would have to have sure. uh, or an ability to kind of have a unified spirit about yep. what we're doing, Absolutely. curriculum, uh, instruction, faith uh, formation for the teachers. You know, you do faith formation for the teachers. Yep. Well, boy, my school gets my brother forming Woo-hoo! and teaching all of our new teachers in the faith in a way that we we you wouldn't, wouldn't have otherwise. You know, yeah. and that would be another area the diocese uh, was on the forefront. You know, Dr. Lorraine wrote, his, if I remember right, yeah, wrote his doctoral yeah, study yeah. on it, and really was the one to kind of create this idea uh, ahead of time, uh, and and now around the country, they're looking at this, trying to be able to figure out how do we pool school systems together so they can survive. Because mm-hmm. in some of these larger dioceses, you know, it's the, the two Catholic schools are pitted against each other. Yeah, yeah. because you they're know, recruiting. Because they're recruiting and, and they've got to get the numbers. And yeah. This way, it's, it's as a whole, yeah. you're, you're recruiting students into the system itself. So. Yeah. And it's a really interesting. I mean, we were talking about the lady before, and it's... When, when we look at the local level, one thing that w- helps us do is engage what's here. And a lot of times, subsidiarity requires my investment. Right. And so it's easy to go up higher because then I can just say, oh, they should be doing this. Yep. I can blame them for the T-shirt because I yeah. don't like the T-shirt. But yeah. now they ask me, what do I want? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I've got to put some skin in the <laughs> yeah. game and listen to criticisms um, or compliments. Yeah. And to say, okay, I'm a part of this now. So so that at the lower level, you do those things and you're participated, but then you get to see the reality of it all. And you can say at a higher level, oh, lay people should be involved, or oh, we should have um, somebody doing spiritual formation or these things. Well, here's you, Joe, a former seminarian for four years who the diocese invested in yeah. to bring that formation about, and then you discern that God's calling you to a different way of life. Yeah. Well, what a, an amazing blessing then you have been to both the priests that are helping run the parishes to the principals that are helping run these parishes like as a layman you are forming those that are forming our students right at saint lambert school uh so it's amazing how like it all comes back but you do have this play between the diocesan level the school level uh the system level the school level and then down to me it's like this thing and you just discern what's helpful, where are we at, what is the church asking of us, and it's really a great gift, but it requires my investment. Right. Well, and that's, uh, you know, I even remember some of our cousins, Meg Donnelly down in Arizona and stuff like that. You know, we're blessed in South Dakota in that we have good public education as well. In some ways, that makes it hard on Catholic schools because you're recruiting against a decent education system. Down in Phoenix, public schools are so terrible that, you know, people (laughs) want in the Catholic schools or private schools you know, clawing and scratching. and But I remember uh, uh, at one point her talking about the fact that she invests stewardship hours in her mm-hmm. Catholic schools. And, you know, that's an important uh, component to education, I think, in general, is that parents aren't detached from the educational process, mm-hmm. that they're involved in it. And I'm sure this happens at all schools, but particularly from my experience with Catholic schools, um, is that parents are invited into the process. Parents are invited into a relationship with the system, with the, the teachers, with uh, the, the, the larger faith experience. And that's important because it's actually their first responsibility. 
I think we think education is the responsibility of the state. Well, the education is first the responsibility of the parent, mm-hmm. and then the state or, or the city, what, the district, sure. so on and so forth. And so that involvement of the parents, parent is so important. Let's make a plug for Catholic schools. I don't think there's any reason we can't do that. I'm, uh, uh, we got two pastors of uh, churches with schools. John, you're over at St. Lambert here in Sioux Falls. Paul, you're up at Immaculate Conception uh, in Watertown. But I guess you guys have one school. You share as, a, yep. as multiple yeah. parishes up there. Uh, but just that encouragement. If you had to say just one, one thing, uh, what's the difference? What, if, if you had to make the sales pitch to a family that maybe is considering mm. it, what's the one thing that's your closing argument that you'd say, you know what, this actually is the real rubber-meet-the-road type of a, a thing that I think uh, you should put your kids in Catholic schools because of? Well, there's really two answers for me. Number one is, is this what God wants for your family, period? And is this what God wants for your child? Yep. That, and that's not for me to convince so it anybody. Might not, it might yeah. not, it might not be. be Absolutely. I mean, I think it was really fascinating when I was studying education in the seminary. <clears throat> At that time, our family was homeschooling their children, yep. was using charter schools yep. to educate their children, was using public schools to educate their children, and was, had kids in Catholic schools for their children. And I was, like, conflicted. So right. here I am with my family. This is what kind of I mean. Like when you're, sure. stu- when you're right in front of it, it's not as easy to say, yeah. oh, yeah, you should do this. And I realized, oh, yeah, the circumstances of each family and each person actually yeah. required a certain thing. And this is what God's will was for the life. So my first thing is always, have you prayed about this? Yeah. Have you prayed about what God wants for your family, mm-hmm. for your child? But secondly, what I see is, uh, again, like you're saying, we can have a wrong conception or a secular conception. Conception. One of the things I find is we can fail to see that the church is a body of people. Mm-hmm. And the vibrancy of that body of people and their life in the spirit of Christ is what moves the hearts and minds of others. Or their engagement with all that's in front of them moves these children to want to learn. And... Uh, it's like the extension of doing that. So if I want, if I want my kids to hang out with great people, well, then like here's eight hours of their day yeah. where they're hanging out with people who are living in a way that is going to help them look within their own heart to do that. Now, is the schools perfect? Is my school perfect? Or can you come in there and find? Oh, Father, they're not like. Yep you know doing this or that <laughs> well i know because i'm there too and I'm, fa- and I'm a failure uh but that would be my proposal is it's the extension of the church i want my my children to hang out with people who are looking or being proposed a christian life in such a way ditto <laughs> no i mean i really do i mean i, mean, I, I agree i, I it, it's not the answer people want you to tell them but what does god want Dale. Uh, now I, I can help you, uh, maybe bring clarity in your life, but I don't know. I I don't have the answer, you know? And so often people come and they want me to tell them what to do. Thus they can say, well, father told me to do this. No, what I want is, well, what does God want? You know, if this is what God's asking, and if, if you believe this is what he's asking, even if quote unquote, it's not the right thing. Okay. Well, at least you followed it. Mm-hmm. You were willing to step out in faith, and God will redirect. I mean, just read Scripture. How many people went the wrong direction or went yeah. this direction? Um, and then I do think that, uh, you know, when you're forming people, it's it's just like anything else. You want, in the beginning, you want them as protected as possible. 
so that they can become strong enough that when you take away all the protection, they can stand on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and, I, and yeah. I worry that in our culture today, we expose our children to incredible things they shouldn't have to even ponder mm. at a young age. Yeah. I'm um, saying, so, oh, we're exposing them to all this. Well, yeah, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> now, the danger is I never expose my kids to something. You know, so then I keep them sheltered, mm-hmm. uh, and then they leave, and all of a sudden they fall apart. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what happened? Well, they also never got to be exposed to anything. Uh, and so I, I believe, so, and for us, it's to sixth grade. You know, and I think there's just such a critical time frame in those first years uh, that we have to form them. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's a sense of in those first years, you're filling them with all this stuff. And so it's a different kind of education up to, say, 10 years old or 13 years old, somewhere in that. And then after that, our duty is to help them look at all that I've given them and recognize that what I'm proposing is actually good for their life. It's not just about putting in more information. And this is a lot of times why college or high school students either check out or you have to keep putting a carrot in front of them to keep them going because we haven't recognized the real proposal of education is no look what i've given you have you looked at your own heart this gets back to the discernment the first answer is does god want this for you no only you can answer this begin to engage the work well we can do the same thing with students is be just pouring more information into them but the the beautiful thing is when you can help them see, no, look at what's in front of you, what you've been given, look at your heart and what's going on. Do you see how this is uh, good for you? Right. And if you don't, okay, then keep looking at data and let's start making a decision. And one of the things I've found young people and lots of people is failure. No one wants to be a failure today. No one wants to get it wrong. Right. Nobody wants to be the underdog. I mean, we are live in a culture that is like, top-notch and if you fail the number of young people that don't want to disappoint their parents parents and kids have a great relationship today in a different way than before but boy they don't want to disappoint their parents and then what happens they don't take the journey because the only way to take the journey is to be willing to get it wrong i have to be willing to be wrong to learn to get it right yeah and to find out that it's okay to get it wrong yeah Like, like that's I got it wrong a lot. I still yep. do. I'm going to yep. get it wrong about 20 more times today. Yep. But in getting it wrong, I'm going to discover. Well, maybe this is the question. What does it mean to get it wrong? And I think this is the thing. is There's a worldly sense of getting it wrong, and then there's a spiritual sense of getting it wrong. And so by that, the world would say you get it wrong when you don't succeed. You didn't get first place. Uh, you know, we could look at a Super Bowl. Somebody got it wrong. Uh, mm. All of those things. Spiritual sense of getting it wrong was... I didn't ask God. I didn't do what was in my heart, and I didn't follow that, and that is what is wrong. Yeah. But if I can say it was on my heart, and I thought it was right, then I got it right. And, yeah. And, and I didn't get it wrong. Yeah. But to get that distinction and to get those people to see that that's the question, and, and we do this in confession. What, what, what were you thinking? What did you know? What, what was going on? Because I need you to know, was this really a completely willful act? Uh, was I really free? Was I, was I really aware? I don't know that. Only you know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to convince people that you didn't fail if you followed what God was putting before you, yeah. you failed if you didn't ask God. That's a failure in a spiritual yeah. sense. The world might say, oh, you're a success. You're a success because you know you're on top of your game. Was that where God wants you? Yeah. Well, then, then, then you failed. But that's 
But the world, I mean, but that's Christianity. That's Christianity. You're fools to the world. Yeah. Uh, but do we, do we encourage, do we help, do we walk with those people uh, when, when the world says you failed? And we say, no, you didn't fail. You succeeded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is it painful? Yeah, really painful. <laughs> uh, but does it feel good? It, it, unlike anything I've ever experienced. There's a peace, a security. There, there's something in me that says it's okay. And I, so I was just with the fine parish council last night, and we were talking about this exact thing. Because in a sense, what we're talking about is morality. What do I believe morality is? The way I live my life. And your quote that you talked about with Pope Benedict, uh, uh, Christianity is not a set of rules or ethical guidelines. It's an encounter with a person, an event right. that transforms my horizon. Uh, well, so what does this look like? Do I see my success or failure as whether I did something good or bad, right or wrong? That's not Christianity. No. Christianity is, am I following the presence and mystery of God, what you just said? So, yeah. concretely, what, where, what have I been? One thing, I went to the New York Encounter in New York. It was absolutely mind-blowing. I've gone a few times. It's a beautiful event. It's a cultural event of lay movement community liberation. I'm out uh, there. Slow down just a little bit there. <laughs> okay. uh, if somebody's listening, they might be interested in what you have to say. Uh, what was that? Yeah. But just so you know, you don't give them too much time because yeah, okay, yeah, right. we're going to be yeah. gone. We're going to hear. So but you can be within so the you can Catholic search it Church. Out. What is it? Yeah, communion and liberation. All right. Okay, you can find it and all the over. Event? The event is the New York Encounter. Right. If you go to my Facebook page a couple weeks ago, you'll find all kinds of things. Uh, go to YouTube, New York Encounter. You'll get videos of what I was doing. So we're out there, and this young lady shows up who's a consecrated woman in the church. So she won't get married, but she's not a religious sister. And she is alive. And what she's alive in front of is us from South Dakota. And she's like, who are you people from South Dakota? Why are you here? She's from Italy. She's been and grew up in the movement. Like, she's, she is living this in a way we would think we need her. And she's like, no, I need you. Why would 20... Two people from South Dakota be here in New York for this event. What is happening there? And she's like, and then at the end of it, she says, "You all need to come to Italy. <laughs> you need to come. Pasta. I want. I want to take you around. I want to put you up. I want to introduce you to the major event there called Rimini." And I'm thinking. So when I come back here, this get to my point. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out should I go. I'm a pastor. Right. I got things I got to do. I'm trying to figure out should I go. The question isn't, uh, is it right or wrong for me to go? And this is the problem. I would be gone the first day of school. Oh, wow. If I wasn't gone the first day of school, I'd be there. I got the vacation time. I got the money I've been saving up to take a vacation. I was supposed to go in October, and it ended up changing. Uh, Is it right for me to go when it's the first day of school, or is it wrong for me to go when it's the first day of school? Last year, I did the awesome photographs with all the kids, my first day of school. Yep. Is it, are the kids going to like me if I'm there for the first day of school, or are they going to be mad that they didn't get the picture again this first? That's not the question. The discernment is, what is God asking of me? And then I can say, do I believe that what happened with this young lady was the mystery of God coming in flesh in real circumstances? Do I believe that when I decided not to go in October because I knew something more would come in the future and that that was God's will, do I believe that this is the answer to October? Right. That's 
discerning God's will. That's me trying to figure out how to live Christianity in this world. It's not about whether I'm good or bad. And when I realize this, then I can be bad because I know God loves me right in the midst of my badness. Is that right, grammar? Badness. My badness. I'm bad. I'm well, bad. Why, I'm bad. And we why, can just get a flat John. Sorry for taking yeah. all this time. We'll get time. a flat and Father John. They'll just set it up <laughs> in the school. Uh, and the kids can just stand next yeah. to Pope Francis. Yeah. You know, we'll just get a flat. You're, you're easily replaced. Well, so when when I did this, this is how I discerned it. Number one, is my vocation permitting it? Do I have vacation time? Yeah. Does my parish need me? Then what do I do? I call the principal, Miss Davis, Colleen Davis. And I said, you know, I have this opportunity. What would you, how would you feel if I was absent on the first day of school uh, because I had this opportunity to go to Rome? If you can go to Rome, you have to go to Rome. <laughs> There's no way. You have to. And, I, and I'm like, oh, well, I should have talked to you sooner. And I wouldn't be. And then, and then I said, well, maybe we could do like a Skype in from sure. Rome, yep. from Italy. And, she, and like, wow, wouldn't the kids love that? A greeting from Rome. And then she says, but don't put that too high in your priority list. If you're going over there. Wow. Be over there and let's see what happens. That's the right morality. Yep. Let's see what happens. Yep. So So back to Catholic schools. <laughs> Why do, um you know, I think we can wrap this up. We'll take a little break here. But uh, you know, the one I I'm an educator in Catholic education. I understand the value of um the the not the value, the challenge of the decision, public, private, yep. homeschool, whatever. At the cathedral, we've got them all, like you said, in our mm-hmm. family. I mean, we've got everybody. So you don't want to say one's right or wrong. It's, it's what's it, because right. it's what is uh, God's will for, for you in your circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, the one encouragement I've always looked at that that's I've always wondered is the more. I think that Catholic education offers the more when it comes to the formation of your child. If you see your child as uh, the formation of the intellect. All right, or even behavior to some degree. My encouragement, if you're able, is to choose Catholic education because it offers you the ability to form them spiritually at the same time as intellectually. So if you're sending your kid for eight hours a day, five days a week, to somebody else to form them, I've always thought that, uh, you know, that Catholic education, private education is is beneficial because it does it's not that it offers you uh that ca- that private school or that a public school doesn't offer you formation but it can't uh, it cannot no. offer you spiritual formation by its no. nature it can't bring prayer into the yeah. experience it can't no. bring virtue formation like catholic or private education can no. so that for me is the one encouragement just to say if you're trying to litmus this thing out there is something that private education yeah. does offer sure. that but, is the more, I would say. Yeah, but, and, but, and that is the virtue think, and faith uh, formation. You know, and we're, we're blessed to have good Catholic schools. But I think the danger, though, is, is what, what I've discovered is sometimes then the parent checks out and says, sure. my kid is going to be formed by the Catholic school, so what I do at home doesn't matter. And that's not Whereas true. Whereas when your kid is in a public sit- setting, as a parent, you know you're, the, you're it. That's true. Uh, yeah. And so I think this is why it has to be discern um, and that we have to, to look at it as a school and say we need those parents involved in the school system so that we're all on the same page would you say that some of your families that choose public education that is good for them because they do have that before them that says oh, oh wait a minute i have to be engaged yeah. in the for- faith formation yeah. of yeah absolutely 
There's no question about it. Awesome. And they're Great. and they're they're uh, they actually I believe they help me make sure that the proposal I have within the school system or the proposal I have for parish formation in general is the essential if that makes sense like i can i can actually be proposing to the catholic schools and it's not the right proposal and i find that out by talking to the families at the public system and realizing oh you aren't moved by this this isn't helping you this isn't changing you oh but this is oh i should do this over here with them too oh i see so there's like this symbiotic thing that happens and you get to the essence and we really find like our white disciple groups are filled with mixture of homeschool public school private school like we found a really beautiful symbiotic thing and with that then i'm able to make a clear proposal of what catholic education is and in the end there is one thing i think the american system lacks is we've taken the religious dimension out of education but the fundamental core of every human being is the religious dimension the spiritual dimension the dimension that's looking for what's infinite in their life love peace mercy that's those are that's the mystery of god and when you look at italy and their education system their public schools have crucifixes in it not because it's just catholic but because they're recognizing they teach religion in the public school systems over there there's a slot and a priest comes in or somebody will come in and teach why because that's the human dimension we live in this fictitious world of beginning atheism where we think that that's not essential to education you can't educate a person without educating their heart, which is made for God. Well, that's a good discussion, parents out there. If you're listening as you're taking your kids to school, uh, just talking about Catholic, private, public, homeschool, all that fun stuff, I think at the core, uh, you have to take it to the Lord, pray about it, and ask what his will is. Amen? Amen. And then you can't make a wrong decision. No. no. Why don't because we... there's no wrong decision then. Right. You make the decision and discern what God wants. Let's take it to a break here. You're listening to Rutten Radio. We'll be right back as we uh, say our morning prayer for the kids as you drop them off at school. Your family is depending on you. Your family is looking to you to make sure that they are safe, protected, and taken care of. Knights of Columbus Insurance offers the protection they need, whether it is term life or whole life. Long-term care insurance, disability income insurance, annuities, retirement planning, estate planning, or an insurance analysis. Please call Jason Lures at 605-270-3463 or Heath Dickelman at 605-351-7978. Knights of Columbus Insurance. Broomtree Retreat Center near Irene, South Dakota, will be offering a men's silent retreat on February 23rd through the 26th. The retreat is directed by Father Joe Vogel, who will offer a series of points for prayer during the weekend. Daily opportunities for mass, confession, and adoration of the Blessed Sacrament are available during the retreat. Each Broomtree-sponsored retreat is run by donation. There is no registration fee, and all are welcome. For more information, call 605 605- 263-1040 or visit broom-tree.org We can't broadcast the good news without you. Go to lambradio.com and find out how you can be a part of Lamb Catholic Radio. From all of us here at Lamb Catholic Radio, we'd like to wish a happy birthday to Monsignor Charles Megan, the director of the Marian Apostolate, Seminarian Thomas Rausch, Home Parish St. Charles in Big Stone City, Deacon John Baker, retired in Dubuque, and Father Michael Schneider. 
at Holy Spirit in Mitchell. Happy birthday and many blessings on your special day. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 15th. Today we celebrate Saint Claude de la Colombière. This is a special day for the Jesuits, who claim today's saint as one of their own. It's also a special day for the people who have a deep devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, a devotion Claude de la Colombière promoted, along with his friend and spiritual companion, Saint Margaret Mary Alacoque. The emphasis on God's love for all was an anecdote to the rigorous moralism of the Jansenists, who were popular in the mid-1700s. Claude showed remarkable preaching skills long before his ordination in 1675. Two months later, he was made superior of a small Jesuit residence in Burgundy. It was there he first encountered Sister Margaret Mary. For many years after, he served as her confessor. Claude was next sent to England to serve as confessor to the Duchess of York. He preached both by words and by the example of his holy life, converting a number of Protestants. Opposition against Catholics increased, and Claude, rumored to be part of a plot against the king, was imprisoned. He was ultimately banished, but by then his health had been ruined. Claude de la Colombière died in 1682. Pope John Paul II canonized him in 1992. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Prayers for the Faith of Departed is brought to you twice daily by Paulson Monuments of Canton, South Dakota, where you will notice the difference. We would like to pray today for the repose of the souls of Linda Reiners Nelson, Dorothy Pepp, and Karen Clausen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of the faith of the departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. If you have a deceased family member or a friend that you want us to pray for here at Lamb Catholic Radio, call us at 605-275-4659 or email the name of your loved one to info at lambradio.com. Prayers for the Faith of the Departed heard in the 7 a.m. and 3 p.m. hours Monday through Friday is underwritten by Paulson Monuments of Canton, South Dakota, offering quality service and value. At Mount Marty College, we believe in a college journey filled with purpose. We believe in developing the unique gifts that God gave you. We believe in rising above stereotypes, in shattering expectations and fears on your journey to become your very best self. We believe every student deserves an opportunity to shine. At Mount Marty, we believe in faith and a community that lifts you higher than you dare to dream. At Mount Marty College, we believe. Just breathe. 
You're listening to Lamb Catholic Radio on KSJP 88.9 in Ipswich, Aberdeen, KSTJ 91.3 in Hartford, Mitchell, and Yankton, and 104.3 Juan Diego Radio in Sioux Falls. And now back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. Well, here we are with uh, Lamb Catholic Radio and the Rutten Brothers show. We're getting close to the 8 o'clock hour, and the kids are getting dropped off at school. If you're out there listening on your way, we like to give a little... Shout out and prayer if uh, I think we turn it over maybe to Father Paul. Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this new day and the opportunity to continue to grow closer to you and to those that we love. Heavenly Father, we just ask that as uh, parents are dropping off their children, uh, that they may entrust them to you, that their day-to-day may be filled with an opportunity to grow in knowledge of your love and to share that love with others. Heavenly Father, we just ask that if any disagreements or any frustrations, uh, any joys and excitements may be all given over to you so that we may receive from you all the graces that we need. We just ask that you may bless all parents, teachers, principals, and students today and every day. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, I think I learned something this morning that uh, although I want to push Catholic schools, it might not be the right choice for everybody, you know? Uh, but that was a good little uh, faith principle, spiritual practice 
that you kind of talked about there is you know making decisions uh, yeah not every decisions uh, every decision is the right decision if you've taken it to the lord in prayer and what i would say definitely just happened is we hit a nerve on something the response we just got from what we talked about good and bad and right and wrong and whether i'm a success or failure like hit a nerve mm. yep uh, when I first discovered this, the reason I kept following this, it's scary. <laughs> yeah, because very. I like to live, it's good or bad, because then I know like, I can like, make my way. It's scary to entrust myself to the mystery of God, really. But the peace I had in my heart, the way my whole being was transformed when I realized, what if it's not that way? I remember reading, Paul, the, the introduction to God is love. That's where oh, Benedict yep. is quoted. I remember it. I thought, if this is real and possible, this is for me. This, this man knows something that is like changing me. So if you had peace in your heart, thinking mm-hmm. maybe you're not a failure, maybe you, know, you're, you, you can make wrong decisions too, like there's something other way to do it, follow that. Mm-hmm. But it does put us in this position to know, well, how now do I follow God's will? Right. That's, another, that's another program, <laughs> and we can talk about that. But don't worry if like, you're confused now. Right. Because that's the way forward, is to figure out, okay, now what does it mean to follow God's will? Yep. That it's another day. But trust the peace you received when you heard, maybe it's not about whether I'm good or bad. Yep. And, and, to, and to seek clarity and let God be the one that brings it about. You know, I, I think that, I think it was Father Scott Trainer talked about the scandal of the particularity. The scandal that God is so interested in me that he will orchestrate all of these things mm-hmm. so it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, so I handed out these cards here, uh, yeah. you know, for uh, one of our parishioners. And we, I sat down with the, the family, and we were talking about uh, their daughter has a disease, and they're, they're looking for, you know, what do we do? And, and I just said, well, let's, uh, let, can I talk to you about this? And I said, well, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could ask uh, somebody on the way to canonization uh, to heal your daughter. You know, and so we talked a little bit about who it would be, what it would be. And then at the end I said, they'll find you. And they're like, well, what do you mean they'll find me? I said, the saint will find you. <laughs> uh, and, and again, they're, they're like, I don't quite understand what Father's talking about. Uh, then they call me and they're like, oh my gosh, it, it happened. Like all of these things started coming in and the same person came. I was looking for this saint and I couldn't find him. This person showed up and... And, like, constant verification, like, this is the one. Mm-hmm. Not because they did it, but because they asked. And God provided. And I think that's the beginning of, then, now you look at things differently. Now you expect things differently. Uh, your ask is different. You say, okay, Lord, show me the way. And I'm going to look at that in a new way. You know, and I'm going to see a coincidence that comes, not as a coincidence, but is, is God's providence stepping in and, and, and having that. Um, but you got to experience it. Because yeah. they said to me, they said, we really weren't sure what you were talking about, Father, because it just seems too odd. Yes. And I'm like, it does. Until they're standing there and like, here it is. Yes. This is the person. And okay, let's go with it. Now, yeah. what, now what happens <laughs> with this? I don't know. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because now they're convinced. God will things in their life god will do this because because he loves us yeah that's what i mean by following mm-hmm. that is following that is following god's will this is christianity right that the divine mystery from all time is in my life somewhere and we live am i good or bad 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it, do I understand or, or not? Did I did I listen or not? Do I know enough or not? Am I smart enough or not? Like we live all these other things, and and it's 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 okay, but it doesn't have that. Right. Yeah, and impacting people's lives, you know. <laughs> so again, as we were talking off the air, one of the dates fit somebody's life to a T to a point that the guy's like, "This, how is this possible?" Mm-hmm. Again, you know, a card, a person, a moment in history. Somebody's life is now changed, mm-hmm. and now who knows what will happen. Mm-hmm. Boom. And, but, and that's where I, I always get back to, to help people understand. I say there's a time and a place and a face and a space. Like you can look and you can say it happened right there, and it doesn't mean it's an earth-shattering moment. It means I was at the radio station when it happened. Do you guys want to know why I come to this radio program? Do you no, know why? Because I come over us. to your house and I stay there. And you probably <laughs> feel bad if, I, if you don't get up to. No, just kidding. No, this is a great way of discerning God's, this is it. It could be because I want to evangelize. Yeah. Okay. It could be because uh, we need to reach a different group that's not in the parish. Could it could be, be because you want to be a rock star radio Could be because I want to be a rock star. I, I, want, I want these. <laughs> Uh, the the mu- the muffled the the headphones. Uh, no, the reason I do this is because I had to leave an hour early the first time we did it. Do you remember that? Yep. And when I left that hour, everything in me wanted to stay here. Oh. And I left, and as I prayed about it, I thought, you know what? That's like the best time me and Joe and Father Paul have ever had. <laughs> And I be, really, I begin, yeah, I'm like, no. that was so different than how we talk at Christmas. Mm-hmm. What, what was that about? And I thought, wait a minute. What if I don't need to? Un- what if that just means I'm supposed to come back? <laughs> so I don't do the radio show for everybody that's listening. I do the radio show for me. Because this place helps me relate to you too in a way that I believe is God's will. I Tip- see God. Typically, me and you can't be in a room for more than an hour talking. About <laughs> not in a- true, right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, Give us so- 50 minutes, yeah. and then uh, one dogs- of us says something do, that... Do, do dogs go to heaven? Yeah. I mean, imagine that. Yep. That used to be the only thing we talked I mean, not. No, so, no, so no, that's the truth. It was truth. kind of that, that adversarial, you know, what about this, this, that, you know, like... Theology, all theology yep. we've been educated, instead yep. of, like, whatever happens here... So that to me is Christianity. There's a place. It's at Lamb Catholic Radio mm-hmm. in this office. It's with Heather, right? And then I see, and then I look at the fruit that comes from it, and it's like, wow, people actually listen to us. I can't believe people. I really can't believe people listen to <laughs> Tell us. Me about it. Yeah. So yeah, that's praise God. That's it. Well, we're getting shout outs here uh, about a, a talk on discerning God's will. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's something for down the road that we should. Put either on a radio show or, uh, you know, for a future Rutten Times 3, which I think we still have to do at the cathedral, don't we? If you organize it. That's yeah, right. that's up to you. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, we're that not responsible great. for it. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> We've yeah, got awesome. what we want. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> we brought the comedy show to Watertown, so. All so right. Are we well, doing we'll, shout-outs? Uh, yeah, we can do shout-outs. Give a shout-out to... Uh, Shelly Merrick, our sister, she's oh, yeah. been given, uh, been piping in here a few times, and uh, is one saying, "Hey, do a deal on discerning God's will." I think that's a That'd great, great. One. even me, my, you know, all of us can use uh, even reminders or just oh, how do you do that? It sounds great, but the, it what's the practicality of it all? Yeah. So anyway, great. Other shout outs. Uh, Julia Pollock uh, from the parish. She's been listening in and enjoys the shows. So. 
Alex High is always listening and commenting. So oh, yeah. Alex. Yeah. We roped Alex into lecturing at the parish. Nice. Don't tell his pastor. Yeah, daily mass. Oh, da- you know, you know how daily there. mass people float different yes. places? Yeah. And he's there all the time, and we were looking for somebody at daily mass to fill. And I'm like, Alex, hi. So this could be a great thing, good or bad. Am I going to get in trouble if I ask somebody here to like lecture and they're not my parishioner? No, like it's a fact. He's here all the time. Hey, would you lecture? Great. Yep. God's will. <laughs> I think. <laughs> so. All righty. Well, uh, maybe as we look at the top of the hour here, we might uh, have a little discussion. We got maybe two things left that I'd like to throw out there. One's maybe some examples of that faith encounter. Yeah. The other. Uh, why don't we, uh, somebody else take over here. I, <laughs> I, got, I got a cold that's yeah, going this, to this, this would be, I feel like I'm talking all the time, but I guess in the end, like, we're the ones talking, <laughs> so it's got to be us, yeah. Yeah, those ruttons talked for two hours. Would they please, well, I guess it's got to be one, one of, of the us. ruttons. Oh, so, <laughs> I didn't take long. Uh, yeah, oh, now we're done again. I didn't. Um, did you guys, we, we got the cultural commentary on movie reviews. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the movie. We've worked this thing up. We got it. So <laughs> last month we did a movie review for the first time, and uh, we gave, what movie were Hacksaw, Hacksaw Ridge? Yep. And all of us uh, thought it was a pretty good movie overall. Yep. No, I don't remember what we did on the star rating. Did we do five stars? Well, we had a little debate, debate about, about that, yeah, didn't we? Let's, let's not get into that. So let's just that keep moving. But uh, I, I pitched something last month. Um, the Butterfly Circus is something that you guys should check out. It's just a short film that uh, won a bunch of awards, but is really a fantastic short film. Did you guys check it out? Yes. Had What'd you think? Last night at 11.30. Hey, that's what I did last month. I went to the Hacksaw Ridge the night before. So, <laughs> John, you're next month. You got to go the night before. I did, too. No, we, we watched, we watched, we watched it together. together. We got to his house. And yeah. like, we well, what'd you, what'd you think? Is it, we'll let somebody else start. Because I, I, this was my first time seeing it. So, well, how about I set huh. the stage and then you guys make some commentary. So, Great. if you haven't checked it out, you can watch it. It's on YouTube. 25-minute short film. Uh, and it basically involves like a 1920s type of a setup with traveling circuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's two traveling circuses, one that highlights uh, maybe the, 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 the broken side of humanity and the side shows. Puts, the, puts the sideshows as the, the means of entertainment. And another one that takes the brokenness of, the, of humanity and uh, dignifies that finds dignity in the midst of the brokenness, and presents that as the entertainment. In the middle is a character with no arms and no legs that goes from the sideshow circus to the dignified circus. And it's really a video, it's really a movie kind of in a short way about transformation, but there's a lot more to it. Very, a lot of Christian symbolism, baptism, things like this in it. So with that set, uh, John, what were your thoughts? Uh, I th- there were some really provoking things in there, and, and it's in regard to education. Uh, what One thing that has provoked me is the idea that today educators want to replace the work of the person, and so they replace them. So parents, it's like parents who replace their child and in the education process, if that I don't know. I'm not getting it across. Um, uh, uh, only the person, only the child can do the work, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. And so if parents, we can oh, want, sure, or sure. pastors, we can want to replace 
the 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 parishioners, and right. so we're doing the work for them, sure. as, as opposed yeah. to proposing. And this is the scene. Uh, he is the the ringmaster, or the guy in charge of the butterfly circus, is um, walking by this water, and this guy falls. The the guy with no arms, no legs, falls over, and he like sees him, and it doesn't even occur to him, like. You know, we would say, that's a bad person. Don't you see this guy needs help? He fell over. But the, the, the ringmaster has a better understanding of education. No, he can figure this out. And I'm not going to replace it for him. I'm not going to pick him up and set him up straight. Because that would be uh, replacing the work he needs to do. And so he just keeps walking. And then the guy's like, help, don't you see me, help. And the guy then stops and turns around. Like even the fact he, he just kept going the first time as an education, he stops and turns around. And what happens? He keeps walking and the guy ends up discovering that this little flopper foot that he has, <laughs> right? you got to watch the movie, is enough for him to get up on his own. And he is electric. He has educated that man in a way totally different than if he would have come and picked him up and i as a pastor want to come and pick everybody up because yeah. i'm afraid yeah. i'm afraid that either they won't get up or i don't know when now when the guy falls in the water and drowns and everybody's looking for him that's when they move mm-hmm. So it's not as if I never come in to help. It's that I've discerned when my help is actually a right education. Uh, Which so. is a reflection of the principle of subsidiarity in action. Yep. You got it. Um, and, you know, there's a tendency to, to want to be the crutch of other people's lives mm-hmm. uh, instead of allowing them, in a sense, to, to deal with... Yeah, I don't, there's so much there. I see where you're going. But it's so that. hard because... The guy falls on his face, yeah, yep. and he gets hurt. Yep. And so, who wants somebody to get hurt? Exactly. You know, and yet it, it, it is part of it, and, and that reality that the ringmaster knows enough uh, to not move the guy until he's ready to be moved as well. That idea of well, and he, he has to be at a place, you know. So even this idea of, and what if you watch the movie? He continues to sit in the audience and watch the show because he's not at a place in which he can know the gift that he has to be a part of the show in, in his own brokenness. Uh, and I think that's the other part is we want to tell someone, well, here's what your, your act is going to be. This is how you're going to work. And, and again, that the, the danger of not letting the person discover it authentically for themselves. Mm-hmm. Because... And, and, and because we can see it. I can see it in him. You know, and I'm sure he could see it. Like, I can see exactly what you're, you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. And, and I can see how it's going to be great. And so we put them in that place and yeah. they, they do it. But all the while along, they're like, are you sure this is what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. Because it, they're not convicted. You know, and so I think about this again. How many times are kids doing something because a parent tells them this is what you're supposed to do? Yeah. Without saying, do you want to do this? You know? Do you, do, you, do you like basketball? But you're six foot, I mean, how many tall people do you play basketball, right? Because you're tall, <laughs> right? We do this all the time. They don't ever ask us because we're short. Yeah. But we look externally. We say, we, we know what you're supposed to do. You're tall. You're supposed to play basketball. <clears throat> well, why? Yeah, you know, there's somebody, 
a Facebook friend, friend and Facebook friend, was talking about their kid want their boy wanting to be in gymnastics, and uh, maybe the struggle that that might be for him in school or you know as a young kid you know dealing with you know the ramifications of saying I'm a boy and I want to be a gymnast. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, that's I don't maybe maybe you would know better, Paul. But I said, you know, I had a brother who was a gymnast his whole life, and you know, was team manager of the of the O'Gorman gymnastics team. And I don't think that that detracted from from who he was. I think he was doing what he wanted. But how many of us would keep that from being a possibility because we would say, well, that's not you know, boys don't do gymnastics. Yep. Even that type of a situation that yep. says, you know what, follow your heart. Where's your heart leading you? Um, there's a principle there, John, on the subsidiarity aspect. I remember Digger, the oldest brother. So Rick, uh, the oldest brother out west, I went out out there one time, and they, he, his his boy was supposed to do something, you know, do this chore, and he was supposed to get down into the cellar, and you know he was messing around, whatever, as you know, sixteen year old, fifteen year old, he was kind of goofing, not goofing off, but just not really getting at the task, and I went to help him. And Digger said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm, I'm helping. He said, no, he can do it. Hmm. And I was like, whoa. And I backed up. What he was doing was keeping me from accomplishing the task that his boy needed to be trained to do. That's what I'm yeah. doing. Yep. Yep. And I, was, I actually would have been a crutch. I would have been a hindrance to his development, to his virtue formation, to his... And, for Digger to realize that that was a situation... I mean, that's real life right there. That's, that's parenting. Mm. That's, that's the concrete. And how many of us in my own life or whatever would have just helped him out because, oh, he needs help. No, he doesn't need help. Or it's just easier. I don't have time to deal with this. I'm just going to do it myself. But then when the door's collapsing on him, realizing, oh, wait a minute, you know, the kid does need help now, and now it's time to help. So that's just a practical experience. Maybe we're going to move on. I'm not sure. But I do think one of the things that is important in that, you know, uh, is that there there are moral absolutes as well. Because I do think we live in this world today where it's like, well, it feels good, you know, I feel this, so then I'm supposed to do it. Well, no, not, not every feeling, you know, is, <laughs> yeah. is, is right. Yeah. You know, so that, that idea of, you know, okay, but let's, let's really look at this a little bit deeper and, and, and to be able to say, um, you might feel this and you might desire this, there is a moral absolute that we also live in uh, to, to this day and age um, that our culture would say, no, you don't worry about that. You know, uh, you just do whatever it feels feel like. You know what I mean? We deal with that yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, so I, I do think to just caution that it's not just this idea of discernment. It's not just I've decided and so I'm going to yeah. just do whatever I want. But there is also a moral absolute that runs. And, and really, I mean, we're in a large way getting into, uh, you know, the discernment dynamic, and that's a huge conversation. But you begin to ask yourself new questions if you're willing to go in that direction. Right. And one of the things that I've found, and it's hard to explain and not everybody understands or agrees, but the idea that the heart actually knows the heart has morality. Christ is inside of us through baptism. And so there's this ability to look into my heart and to recognize what's good. Then as an educator, I have to help facilitate that. Yeah. And so 
uh, do we really believe that if I entrust somebody to their experience, they'll choose what's good, or they'll know mercy when God loves them in spite of not choosing what's good? Uh, that's, that's fundamental to discernment, and if we don't have that in place, then I have to put a rule book on because that's the only way to have boundaries. Uh, but it requires the person is in front of their life. They have to engage their heart. Yep. If they don't do that, then they're never going to uh, choose what's right or wrong. But And I think in regard to hearts, there's a lot of, um, there's probably people who are saying, oh my gosh, this is me. <laughs> or or you've just realized you're driving down the road and you're gripping the, the <laughs> steering wheel tighter and you're like, oh, oh no. Why did I turn on the radio <laughs> yeah, this morning? Yeah, yeah. Or it, it, it could be even worse and you could, like be ashamed yeah that's of the evil one if you're because you figure out i was just at this spiritual direction and your guru monsignor esiv is my guru too and, and my guru too and we are, guru, yeah so we all three had yeah. Yeah. something i had this realization on this retreat with him that i was somebody who wasn't living by god's grace it just like hit me i'm like i'm a pelagian <laughs> and you can go look that up for everybody listening that's not a little thing. homework and so i'm like i'm a pelagian and then I had this whole thing. I'm like, I'm the raging Pelagian. Like, like, I'm a really big one. Like, I'm a raging Pelagian. And it was so evident to me. He says to me, he says, you know what, John? I was so happy when I heard you say that. If you are discovering you're somebody who replaces your kids' work, great rejoice <laughs> like now now's the point to begin anew like yep. it's not a place to worry it's a place to say okay now i'm gonna live in reality and i do this and i'm yep. like i'm a Belagian. <laughs> so and i just have this freedom now that actually helps me move in a new way so if you're discovering something and you're holding the steering wheel really tight right now yeah don't let go but loosen up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we'll let that take us into a break here as you're listening to Rutten Radio on Lamb Catholic Radio. Uh, it's a great opportunity for you to follow us if you want, live streaming or follow us on radio. You can tweet us or Facebook us. But uh, as I learned from a wise man, Brian Cooper, if you want to find it, just go to the website, Lamb Catholic Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. Did you know that Lamb Radio was 100% listener-supported? Join us in broadcasting the message of Jesus Christ through Eastern South Dakota by going to lambradio.com. Our diocese is blessed to have an abundance of resources and information available to us. To enrich your faith life, access information about marriage, family, and life topics important to you, including prayer and discernment, natural family planning, beginning and end of life care, videos about infertility and infant loss, assistance for those struggling with pornography, and much more. Find hope and help through the website of the Office of Marriage, Family, and Respect Life at sfcatholic.org backslash respect life. It is confidential and available 24 hours a day. Visit sfcatholic.org backslash respect life to help you with some of life's toughest questions. At Mount Marty College, we believe in a college journey filled with purpose. We believe in developing the unique gifts that God gave you. We believe in rising above stereotypes, in shattering expectations and fears on your journey to become your very best self. We believe every student deserves an opportunity to shine. At Mount Marty, we believe in faith and a community that lifts you higher than you dare to dream. At Mount Marty College, we believe. 
There's a girl in the corner with tear stains on her eyes from the places she's wandered and the shame she can't hide. She says, How did I get here? I'm not who I once was, and I'm crippled by the fear that I've fallen too far to love. But don't you know who you are? What has been done for you? Yeah, don't you know who you are? You are more than the choices that you've made. You are more than the sum of your past mistakes. You are more than the problems you create. You've been remade. Well, she tries to believe it. That she's been given new life. Oh, but she can't shake the feeling. Well, that it's not true tonight. She knows all the answers And she's rehearsed all the lines And so she'll try to do better But then she's too weak to try But don't you know who you are? You are more than the choices that you've made You are more than the sum of your past mistakes You are more than the problems Mistakes, you are more than the problems you create. You've been remade. You are more than the choices that you've made. You are more than the sum of your past mistakes. You are more than the problems you create. You've been remade. And now back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. Alrighty out there, <laughs> listeners. Uh, you know what? I kind of feel back. I think I should do the big, long shout-out in the morning here that I was supposed to do at 7 o'clock right now, but we'll leave that alone. Huh? Oh, okay. All right. Well, if you're still out there listening, uh, we got the Rutten Brothers here, Father Paul, Father John, and myself, Joe Rutten, and... Just kind of finishing up, wrapping up the last half hour here of our monthly radio show. You can follow us on uh, the live stream 
the you can you know all those things are put on a database on the website that you can go back and check out if you're interested i'm always amazed at how many people actually follow the live stream but i suppose it's kind of like it's kind of fun to see people and not just have it be audio but as we wrap up the last half hour maybe we'll talk a little bit about the liturgical season and some other things going on here we got uh we got lent coming up and a few other things so why don't i turn it over to father paul and see what he's got on his ticket for conversation yeah you know it, it, it is hard to believe that the next time we are on we'll be in the lenten season and it really is a great opportunity uh, i think for all of us to just sort of step back a bit uh, evaluate where we're at uh what are the things that are consuming us uh and what happens when we remove them from our life uh you, you know the idea of of the lenten practices of giving things up or sacrificing isn't just to sacrifice but it's to create a place uh to let god in uh also a place to be aware you know i was i was fascinated uh i was reading the church's instructions for for lent uh and in it it said the person should pick something they will fail at hmm. uh because they should be convinced <laughs> that they can't do it on their own and i thought about that and i thought how often do i pick something that i know i'll be able to do it's going to be difficult but i can do it hmm. the church says no that's not what you're supposed to do really pick something you can't do hmm. and then give that up and then what happens when you find yourself going to that huh. you know grace hmm. am i convinced that i need grace not try harder the church doesn't say try harder the yeah. church is saying you need to get to a place where you realize you can't give this up and then you can let god do it yeah and it was like i'm like and it's in this little book and it's like it's telling me this and i'm like how have i not i mean who picks that who does that for lent yeah nobody no we always say oh it's going to be difficult but you know i did it last year i can do it again no the church says no and then you didn't pick the right thing we want you to fail earthly fail yeah uh so that you can realize how dependent you are on things of this world and not as much as on God. Uh, and so that for me was just revolutionary. And I'm like, but, but here's the problem. I still haven't done it because I don't want to pick something I'm oh, going to fail yeah, at. Absolutely. Because I want to get to the end of Lent and say, good I did it. <laughs> there was a couple times it was hard and I kind of gave in a bit, but, but I did it. I made it through Lent. I got all those days in. And the church like, well, then you, then you failed at Lent. <laughs> this is what Monsignor was saying. Monsignor was saying the church is filled with Pelagians who don't believe grace is necessary. Right. We don't even know oh. the experience of following grace. Right. And that's, so you and I here, priests, yeah. pastors, and we don't even know this experience. <laughs> that's when I discovered I'm a Pelagian. <laughs> I have all these stacks of things to do, and I'm like, how do I know these things are God's grace? Well, this was the thing. You know, you got you to experience not being able to do something. This is why... Uh, uh, AA starts out, and they, uh, the 12 steps always start out with, uh, I am, um, my life is unmanageable. You have to start at a place to realize you don't have the ability. That's when you discover <laughs> God's grace. Because all of a sudden you wake up, you're like, wait a minute. How did this happen? I actually got up this morning and started doing something. <laughs> you know, you know, I always sleep in late. What's we, going on here? We, we, do, we do look at Lent, though, I think oftentimes as a personal accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Like I did this. Like yeah. I was I managed Or I for, didn't. I failed. Oh, or I fa- bad yeah, Lent. Yeah. I couldn't couldn't keep my Lenten resolution save my life and dang it. 
And, you know, for those that are history buffs or theology buffs, you know, the opposite is then uh, Luther's reaction. Luther's the opposite of it, who says, no, actually, we can't do this, but it's only God. It's, I have no part in this. Right. It's faith alone that saves <clears throat> me. It's like, wait a minute. And I always love the Catholic proposition of it's always a both and or virtues in the middle. There's that middle ground that says, I'm dependent upon God's grace. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. I have an active role in participation with his grace right. in the life of faith. And uh, boy, what a beautiful little reflection here as you think about Lent. So if you're out there listening, uh, what are you giving up for Lent as we come up? It's just, uh, what, two weeks away? I mean, we're, 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 it's coming up fast. Yeah, first tomorrow. And so Ash Wednesday's around the corner. Maybe a new perspective for us out there to think of Lent not as what am I doing, but uh, what, what is God calling me to, to participate in that will help me understand my reliance upon him, mm-hmm. upon his grace. That's it. That I can't do this. Uh, you know, so start thinking about that. Maybe like Father Paul, what is the thing that you know you're going to fail at? Yeah. What's the thing you know that you can Because even in your failure, you're going to find grace and strength in the presence of God. And then you're going to say, you know what, only because of God, only but by the grace of God. There I went. Uh, boy, I don't know. So I'm going to have to give up something more than candy, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to have to give up eating out, I think. Eating out? Yeah, I'm going to make my food. Oh, You're going to make your food yeah. for, oh, John. You're my twin. Saint I know <laughs> You can drop off meals to my <laughs> yeah. brother. Uh, we don't want food poisoning <laughs> for him to yeah. starve. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't like seafood, <laughs> right. but, but no I do mayonnaise, like... No uh, cheese. Yeah, I, yeah. He'll give you a list. But he's going to cook at home. I like walleye. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like Cajun yeah. shrimp. <laughs> no, I do think... like, no. And the reason I choose that is because it seems to be something in my life. Like on a regular basis I see how uh, I, I, I need to learn some patience by cooking oh, sure. or I need to get up in the morning and eat breakfast because I'm realizing like my day I need this but I don't want to do it that would be a sacrifice for sure. me to have to sacrifice the sleep to get up to make the food to take the time and you know darn well it's <coughs> impossible it's impossible <laughs> right impossible uh, and I live on the east side of Sioux Falls now and there's just this plethora of pla- establishments to eat at I mean how why? about Jackie's coming into the old nacho place oh, oh. hallelujah 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 yeah east side oh, Jackie's man. love it if you're uh, from outside Sioux Falls and you're headed in sometime going shopping or coming for a sporting event or something I want to give a little shout out here to Jackie's. It's 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 dynamite. Uh, their steak tacos are out of this world. Uh, anyway, there's so, a not unprovoked shout out. Uh, and well, so this this brings up some. How, do you want to do Lent? No. Otherwise, I, I was going to take it on another direction. <laughs> Go wherever. Okay. <laughs> it wouldn't matter uh, anyways. I'm I'm provoked that people listen to us. Okay, and I probably will to the day we're done. Uh, but the people who do some of these people like Father. Uh, um, Gabriel from, I think he's in Tyler. I was just trying to think that through. A friend of mine from the seminary when I was in Connecticut is listening. I'm like, why would you be listening? Uh, <laughs> Guillermo, <laughs> Father, Father Guillermo Gabriel Masonette. And uh, what I realize is there's something here and I want to be attentive to it. Well, then I realized we're talking about Jackie's. Why is this interesting? <laughs> why are people... And then there's like, you know, there's another way to do this. 
I could come here with all these things that I want people to do or things I think they should go, and it's disconnected from my life. I don't know about you guys, but how many people do you have say, hey, would you talk about this? Hey, would you mention this? Hey, would you do this? I'd love to do those things, but they're not my experience. You need to share that where God wants you to share that and let the fruit of it go. God put me here in this place, and what's in my heart? Jackie's. What's in my heart? Uh, School. What's in my heart? Uh, Lent. What's in my heart? Brotherhood. What's in my heart? Uh, uh, IPF, because that's just where it was. And what? It's a proposal that makes sure that what we're doing actually makes a difference. I need to talk about what has actually moved me. Yeah, and it sure. doesn't mean because it doesn't didn't move me, it's not good. But I can't pretend something moves me if it really doesn't. Right. And IPF asked us to go out and talk about IPF to the world. And the minute they're saying, I'm like, I can't do this. I can't go back and go to my parish and say, okay, everybody, like, let's help support IPF. In a million years, though, I never imagined I'd be sitting here and we would have spent a half hour (laughs) talking about the Institute of Priestly Formation in Omaha and how grateful I am for it. Like, that was in my heart. And so the the way we live is to let it come through us. And then we talk about Jackie's and where we eat, and we talk about Lent, and we talk about Jesus, but everything we talk about comes from our lived experience. And, you know... uh from a catechetical standpoint, if you're out there listening and you're thinking, all right, we're all called to be evangelists, right? We're all baptized. We're all called to spread the good news, to take Christ to our sphere of influence, if you will. Um, well, how do you do that? I think oftentimes there's a tendency to say, I'm not formed. I don't have a degree. I'm not the church person. I, you simply do that by sharing from your heart in your personal experience from your story. And that narratio, that narration, all you have to do is share with people your life, if you will. Where sure. is if, if you have discerned, if you're a person of prayer and you have found Christ in it, sure. you just share, where is Christ in the middle of my story? But, but I, I, man, I even come back, though. One, I think, how do you convince people that the ordinariness of their life is worth sharing mm. and that what we're not asking is that you become the Facebook guru, everybody wants to read your stuff. Uh, so so that, that challenge of coming to the awareness of what does that look like and how do I share that, uh, and am I willing to share it? Yeah. Because, again, it's like, why, why would I tell somebody this? Because, yeah. like, like it's Father John's, like, who, who... I think to myself, imagine if we had... You know, we were thinking, well, they all have to come into this office and then we're going to talk to them. We just have to talk and whoever's out there is out there. Mm-hmm. And so we have a freedom because we don't even need to know. Like, we could just yeah. be talking to the three of us. <laughs> even if nobody <laughs> tweeted, nobody texted, we just have our conversation. Uh-huh. And I think there's this idea of everything's so professional and, and I have to be able to have a story that, and, and it's in the right order and, and I got to get these people and in front of uh-huh. them. And instead it's like, no, actually you're, you're at the grocery store and you just share a little bit and all of a sudden something happens and, and you're not even trying to evangelize. Yep. But instead you're willing to, to share a moment. Yep. Uh, but I don't know that most people believe that they have something to share. Because yeah. who would want to listen to me? You know, and I, and I sometimes think that this is the challenge of the Rutten family. They're like, well, yeah, you got this, you know, get nine kids, you know, you grew up in this house, you have all these things. Of course you can do it because you get these great stories. Well, no, actually, we all thought, well, 
who'd want to talk about the Rotten family? <laughs> yeah, that's... we want to talk about you know all these other families, the ones yeah, yeah. all around us. Yeah. They're the ones. No, well, I can't talk about them. Yeah, because it, it doesn't move. Because it doesn't. Way. It's not. It's not my story. Yeah. Uh, and and so that ability to figure out how do I help people share that story wherever God wants it to be shared, yeah, yeah. and that it's going to make a difference, and it doesn't need to be put on Facebook or social media. Uh, it could, and that's good. Uh, but it could just be simply you're picking up your kid from school today and you have a conversation with another mother or another father uh, and, and that's a profound moment. Um, or somebody shares something with you and it moves you. Are you willing to say to them, you won't believe what just happened to me? You know, I mean, how many of us have had that? I just got goosebumps, you know? Uh, but how many times have we gotten the goosebumps and we're like, oh, I'm not going to say anything because that was really weird. Uh so the other person doesn't know that their ordinary moment in their life impacted me. Mm-hmm. And so then I miss it. And, and I move on and I missed that this was actually an encounter because I was unwilling to risk saying, I don't know what just happened, but that was really, you just said something and it, it, it moved me. Uh, and they're like, and, and I think that's where helping people uh, to give them courage to say, Say something. Yeah. Just say something. What what what's the worst that's gonna happen? Yeah. And you gotta uh, overcome that fear of the uncomfortable, that that fear the spirit usually is telling you kinda, hey, share or say something or yeah. you should do this, but you gotta overcome that. Yeah. And that can, that can be difficult. That can be a challenge. Um I w- heard from this priest in Denver recently give a real simple way to grow in doing this. Within his junior high students they meet weekly and he has three questions have you seen christ in your week okay some might be saying i don't know what that even means some might have all kinds of stuff well that's have you seen christ in your week if you haven't have you prayed to see christ simply saying lord i want to see you and thirdly if you have will you share And in this community, what happens is people grow in their ability to recognize and be educated to what it looks like to meet him. And you say, oh, you thought that was Christ? Oh, that happened to me. Or you become more attuned to what what people have happened to them. And when you pray to see him, you go to the grocery store in a new way because you heard Father talk about meeting this person as he was exiting the grocery store and how amazing this experience was. At St. Lambert last weekend... I go into the pancake breakfast and there's this woman sitting by herself and she's got this Jesus Calling book sitting next to her and I'm like, oh, I've known a lot of people I go to, they have this book at home and, uh, and so I, say, I just introduce myself and talk to her. She's been at my parish. I don't know her necessarily. Mm-hmm. I sit down. We start talking. She starts crying. <laughs> We're at a pancake breakfast. Now, I could go on and on and on about getting people to Mass and miss the fact that the, the, the encounter happened afterward at the pancake breakfast. But I had to go out of my way to introduce my life to somebody that I don't know. I had to be worried, what if she knows me and I should know her and she finds out that I don't know her? Oh. And so I go away from her because I'm afraid. Right of my own inadequacy. Instead of, instead of learn, no, go into this. And here she's changed. And then I'm like, what do I do now? 
And I'm like, oh, she needs friendship, I think. I look up, and Molly Satter and Justin Satter and their family are sitting two tables over. And I'm like, hey, Molly, come here. Molly, I want to introduce you to Christy. Christy, this is Molly Satter. This thing comes about. I'm following something. So then, when I, so I share that. I've shared that story four times now. And that is an education to people who hear it. And then they, hopefully, will pray and go into their lives, maybe the pancake breakfast, maybe something else, with a different perspective and a different desire. And it doesn't mean everybody needs to run around at the pancake breakfast and act like cheerleaders for Jesus. Some people have to make the pancakes. Yep. But... <laughs> If you pray, Lord, help me see Christ, maybe a person coming through the pancakes is going to reveal something to you. Like the kids at communion. You know, the body of Christ. The body of Christ. That's a beautiful, sacred moment to feed people the blessed sacrament. But you know what? The little two girls of Sarah Hofflander who come up for communion feed me in a way that I can't explain. I need to be open to Christ coming to me through them just as much as I realize I'm giving Christ to their mother. I, uh, <laughs> there's, wherever we're at, we're in a sphere of influence, right? Whether you're back <laughs> making the pancakes or you're, I, I think you simply, like you're saying, how, how, do I, how do I carry myself, present myself? How am I Christ to others? And am I open? Am I receptive to being an agent of action, an agent of Christ, and a receiver of Christ's grace through other people? And that might be in the back. You know, as a, as a teacher, I kind of always had a principle. I never know what a kid went through to get to my classroom that morning. And maybe you're in the back making the pancakes with somebody that's struggling with their spouse or... As a kid, that's, you know, like I was in high school, right? <laughs> Lord have mercy, you know, and it's like, boy, you know, maybe they, whatever the, wherever you're at, you have a sphere of influence and that's whoever you come in contact with in the moment, whether it's in a grocery store checkout line, whether it's uh, at the pancake breakfast, or maybe it's, uh, you know, as you're giving communion to uh, some children coming forward. If you're listening, just understand that the Lord loves us all greatly. That his love is so profound for each one of us that if nobody else existed but us, he would have done the same thing. He would have died on the cross. And he calls all of us to this life of greatness, but it is an extraordinary life in the ordinary circumstances of our day like you're talking about. The ordinary is the extraordinary. We don't have to have fireworks go off for people's lives to be changed because of our encounters. Mm -hmm. Or for me, I don't have to have a firework go off for me to receive Christ's grace today. No. It's in the ordinary circumstances. For the most part, the saints are made. Yeah. So my friend, Father Guillermo, uh, just posted online. I mentioned to him that we should get together sometime. We went to seminary now almost eight, nine years ago. And he responds to my desire to be together again. He says, yes, we should. I still remember your car at seminary. Car? Talk about ordinary. Wait, it smelled like an ashtray <laughs> because I smoked. And the sad thing is, I liked it, he says. <laughs> well, you know what? I like when people smoke too. It, like, I don't smoke anymore, but I smoked for a long time. I smoked a pack a day. Like, that's a part of who I am. And, and like, that was a part of the concreteness of my life. That's 
a friendship. Like in the ordinariness of my life, he, there's, a, there's, a, there's something that binds us and he remembers the concreteness of this car and the smell of an ashtray. And somehow, like, I'm not telling everybody to go out and smoke. What I'm saying is there's friendship here. And when we recognize the truth of friendship, then whether I smoke or don't smoke, is entrusted to my heart and I realize, oh, I don't want to smoke. It puts me in a place where, or I realize I don't want to, but I'm addicted. God help me. Thank God for friendships so that I have somebody who will accompany me even if I smoke. Uh, who would have thought that? That many years ago and what he remembers is an ashtray. My car <laughs> smelling like an ashtray. I, I am so grateful for his friendship. Yeah. And that's Father John. We are listening to Rutten Brothers here on Lamb Catholic Radio. We'll take one more break before we finish off the bottom of the hour here. Coming up on 9 o'clock. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. Dr. Beecroft and First Class Dental Care are proud supporters of Lamb Catholic Radio. First Class Dental Care offers a wide variety of restorative, cosmetic, and preventative techniques and is open late to fit busy schedules. Their aviation-themed office works to provide first-class services. Their number is 271-9330, and their website is firstclassdentalcare.com. Thank you to Dr. B. Croft and First Class Dental Care for your support of the Lamb Catholic Radio Network. At Mount Marty College, we believe in a college journey filled with purpose. We believe in developing the unique gifts that God gave you. We believe in rising above stereotypes, in shattering expectations and fears on your journey to become your very best self. We believe every student deserves an opportunity to shine. At Mount Marty, we believe in faith and a community that lifts you higher than you dare to dream. At Mount Marty College, we believe. We need your help. Lamb Radio is 100% donor supported. Find out how you can help by going to lambradio.com. Broomtree Retreat Center near Irene, South Dakota, will be offering a men's silent retreat on February 23rd through the 26th. The retreat is directed by Father Joe Vogel, who will offer a series of points for prayer during the weekend. Daily opportunities for mass, confession, and adoration of the Blessed Sacrament are available during the retreat. Each Broomtree-sponsored retreat is run by donation. There is no registration fee, and all are welcome. For more information, call 605 605- 263-1040 or visit broom-tree.org Yeah. 
And now back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. <laughs> so, welcome back. We're and Just so you know, it's not Joe Rutten. Yeah, Joe left early. But you didn't even know Joe was here. <laughs> no, he talked less than he's ever talked before. We should make him sick every month. <laughs> so, so I can talk. <laughs> so John, yeah, right, and then John will get sick and then I'll get to talk. I'll, yes, yeah. yes, so you got to hit the two of us off. Uh, we were thinking, so... This is the way, beautiful way God works. We're talking about morality being something more than just I'm good or bad. I'm not a failure or success. That Christianity is about a moral life of I'm following God's will. And whether I do that well or not. And so um, we were going to have a whole other show about what that looks like. Well, we've been doing it. Right. By telling stories, we've been talking about it. And the difficult thing is we don't want to stand in a place where we don't have an answer. But it's only in standing in front of that place that you see an answer come that you didn't put effort into finding. We go to New England. We go to the New York Encounter. Again, you can find it on YouTube if you're wondering what that's all about. Uh, Father Sampson and I go out there. We want to go early and vacation. We end up in Boston. We don't have time to prepare for figuring out what we want to do. We're there for like three days. We're like, we don't know what we want to do. We didn't have time to do that. We go to a dinner right when we get in. We go right from the hotel to or 
airport to this dinner. The guy sitting next to us in this table of people says, oh, I'm from Boston. I used to uh, be a tour guide in Boston. Would you guys like no to, way. we could take you. I'm like, what? <laughs> I could have like spent hours what sure. took nothing. Right. God wanted to answer that. But I had to stand in front of this need and then live in such a way that I knew I couldn't do it. It's not that I yeah. had time and sure. I didn't do it. It's I couldn't. And so, like, that's God working. And so I was just thinking, and you were saying that this is how you ended up with something you needed. Yeah, and just a real quick point on that. It's not a a license to procrastinate. No. Because if if God had wanted you to plan that trip, you would have done it. It would have been easy. Like when we planned our California trip. Yeah! It just happened, we put it all down, (laughs) and it was done. Okay, we planned it. And then I discovered that you didn't really follow through with some of them. But that's, okay, that's a whole other story. But anyways, so this idea, I was just asked, you know, last week, I'm supposed to talk to the teachers for an in-service. And I'm like, what am I supposed to talk about? And I'm trying to come up with the best talk and all this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, and nothing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to come up with something. Uh, and there's the problem. I have to come up with something. And that's the wrong question. God, what do you want me to share with them? The problem is, is that I'm dependent on him and his time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like, well, you got to give it to me early, you know. But so anyways, in that, as we're talking, it, it, it's come to me. I know exactly what we're going to talk about. Uh, because it's not about me telling them uh, something that they need to know. But instead giving them the opportunity to enter into the mystery that we've been talking about. And if they choose to do it, they choose to do it. If they choose not to, they choose not to. And I'm free to be able to say, this is what I believe uh, as a, a Catholic school teacher, uh, you need to be able to do. Yeah. Uh, Amen. And, and I hope you do it. So God's will. God's will. In the name of the Father, Father the, the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, Lord, we thank Amen. you for your love <laughs> and for your many, for your many blessings, blessings. <laughs> especially for, for the precious gift of each other. other. Help, Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one, with one another. another. Quick, quick to, to admit, admit our, our failings and, and ask forgiveness. Generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Brothers, brought to you in part by Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. On the Lamb Catholic Radio Network, 91.3 KSTJ, Hartford, Madison, Mitchell, Yankton, 104.3 LP, Juan Diego Radio for Sioux Falls, and 88.9 KSJP, Ipswich, Aberdeen, and online at lambradio.com.